are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks On Diamondbacks podcast. They're part of the Locks On podcast network. Your team every day are listening to the always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we got an old pod with Javi that I've just been sitting on where we discuss the best move by NLS team at the trade deadline. We discuss Fernando Tatis moving to the outfield, and then we discuss our favorite TV shows that we are watching right now. So it's a fun little conversation with Javi Reyes of Lockdown Padres that you're not going to want to miss out on. But remember, this episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join me this weekend as I'll go live after the D-backs win. You're going to want to download the app to get in on the action. Now, let's jump right into the pod where Javier Reyes. And speaking of the Dodgers, we, I guess, we've talked a little bit about that Max Scherzer trade, but really the thing that interested me about that trade was Trey Turner also going to the Dodgers. Like, yeah. I hadn't heard any rumors about him potentially being moved. Like, did you know Trey Turner was even on the table? I'm seeing reports come out now in the last couple of days that the Padres were trying to get Trey Turner too. Like, I, I didn't even know Trey Turner was available. Yeah. I mean, Trey Turner, that, that thing just kind of came out. It was one of those last second things and it's funny because most trade deadline years you have that name that gets floated out there that everyone's like really but then it turns out to be like oh someone probably like called up a guy and was like hey i'm just curious by any chance would you give me like your top two prospects for this guy they're like no and then they hang up and that's where the report might spawn from but like most of the time that's just it's not a farce i don't want to say that i don't want to like add to this narrative that reporters just lie all the time but like there's usually that one player that's like oh come on that's that's not really gonna happen though and trey turner was that guy except it actually did happen this year and he's he's a beast and yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of teams that ran on him. And, I mean, unsurprisingly, everyone was probably calling up the Nationals like crazy after they heard that they were just like, they've already decided, and this comes into salary cap, salary four, like a year from now, they don't want to trade. They don't want to pay for him, even though he is so, so good. It's rough. And there's so many different things. This It's to the fact that arbitration kicks in, that you can only, most free agents only become big time free agents when they're 20, when they're like 29, 30 at, 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 the, at the minimum. The Machado Harper year was one of the big exceptions when they were both 26 because they both debuted when they were super young. Right. But like, that's another part of why it stinks. So I get why teams don't want to pay 30 year olds the eight year contract. I get that. So I don't know how exactly we fix it, but yeah, man, absolutely nuts with the Trey Turner thing. And it just makes us a super team lineup where the worst player in your lineup is a former MVP in Cody Bellinger. So it's, it's not looking uh great for opposing pitchers, especially uh, in the league right now. Yeah. Dodgers are stacked. No doubt about it. But like we said, still holding out hope that Kershaw goes back to original Kershaw that we've been seeing in the postseason. But obviously we're getting close to wrapping up here. I just wanted to get another couple questions in. You know, I might save a, a couple for next week if we do another crossover post. This, okay. You know, the second Padre. <laughs> so I might save a couple. But okay, okay. this weekend, Tatis, when is Tatis expected to come off the IL? This weekend? It this sounds week? a little bit like this week. I don't know for sure. They might take a little bit longer than 
how long they took the last time he re-aggravated the shoulder with the subluxation, but he he's going to be back. All signs are pointing towards it. And I said that right when it happened too, as long as I get that notification that they said there was no further structural damage, which we did. They mm. announced there was no further structural damage. He's going to be back. It's one of those things that he's going to be playing through. What is guaranteed is he will be getting surgery in the off season. That mm. will happen uh, probably at least right when they're out of it. I mean, the day after or whatever, right? They're like, go. Like, we're doing this. We have to fix this. That way it doesn't ail him in the future. Yes, he's going to miss some time probably of 2022. Um, hold on. Yeah, 2022. We're in 2022, right? No, we're in 2021. Wow, I almost... Whoa! Uh, Millard, we've been recording for a while. What can I say? I almost <laughs> lost my mind for a second. But yeah, I mean, he'll probably be back a little bit after, and we'll have to see what happens with the, the CBA and all that. So look, ladies and gentlemen, baseball, come fall, it is going to be wild in every respect, from Hall of Fame voting to all the CBA stuff. <laughs> it's going to be wild. So I, that's I'm not even looking forward to it. That's how wild it's going to be. Um, but yeah, he might play outfield, might not. It would be interesting because it would add more versatility to the Padres lineup and moving more guys around. Maybe you sit Hosmer more often. Maybe you sit Myers, all these things. It's going to be interesting. And I imagine that like, hey, but by the time that we finish recording, we might hear that he's going to play center field or whatever it is. Probably not center because they have Trent Christian, but he's going to play the outfield. So we'll see, man. We'll see. Yeah. It's But like you said earlier, at the very top of this long, long crossover <laughs> that like, I I mean, yeah, it's, it's scary putting him out there because he likes playing balls to the wall, just 100% all for one, uh, you know, type of the one for all, you know, just using all of his power, super saiyan power, everything all at once. So it does make you nervous, but I at least somewhat trust the Padres a little bit, maybe just a, a tiny bit when it comes to managing his health, but I guess we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, Javi, you know what you were signing up for when you came on this pod today? You knew we were going to do an hour today. So I'm uh, glad that we're, <laughs> you know, it's almost, we've almost got an hour out of you. So I'm feeling pretty hyped that this is going to be a couple episodes long. But yeah, that was kind of my question. Like, how do you feel about Tatis playing the outfield? Because like, as I was mentioning earlier, Ketel Marte has been beat up the whole season. And I feel yeah. like a lot of time is because he's playing in center field. Like it's just a lot more diving, jumping, running into walls, like second base. Yeah, you might have a collision every now and then, but that really doesn't happen anymore. You usually don't see guys, you know, sliding at second and taking out the dude anymore uh, yeah. anyway. So I, I feel like second base is a lot safer position, especially compared to center field, which Ketel Marte has been playing. And there's been rumors that he's going to move back to infield because this dude is just beat up and you got to protect your franchise star. So how do you feel about, you know, Tatis moving to the outfield after seeing what Ketel Marte has been able to go through this whole season? Javi and I will continue talking about the Dodgers and Fernando Tatis, but this episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting rooms for Locked on Diamondbacks once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You will have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked on Dimebacks podcast through our Green Room conversations. Be sure to join me this week as I'll be hosting a room this weekend after the D-backs win. 
Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me, at MillerThomas, to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live this weekend after the D-backs win. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the D-backs. See you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Let's get back into the pod. I mean, I feel nervous. Like, like I said, like I feel nervous and I'm wondering if that will actually aggravate the injury, at least maybe not even aggravate is, is one word, but just to have more potential for different injuries. What the heck? That's what's scary, right? Like what if it's a, a bruised, I don't know, back. I don't know what the heck happens, but like, you know, you look at Tommy Pham who looks awesome at the plate. I know he's been in a slump for a while, but he looks awesome at the plate. But then when he's playing left field, man, that guy looks like he's he's Nelson Cruz's age. He looks like he's Nelson Cruz and Albert Pujols' age combined when he plays the outfield. He's not deplorable defensively, but just the way he, like, he had, like, a tumble in the outfield the other day when he had to, like, pull up or whatever. He just slipped into the foul line territory. That was weird. So, look, it makes me nervous. But I have to admit, part of me is, like, kind of curious to see what that looks like. Because one thing that is a plus about this Tatis is a cannon. I think everybody knows that. Like, yes, he's a little bit inaccurate. He makes a bunch of uh, mistakes, which you, of course, decided to take advantage of and roast on your Twitter feed. I mm. saw what you were trying to do, sir. I saw what you were trying to do. Da- mm. Damaging the 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 thing of a young king. I see you doing the mm, mm, thing. Mm. Yeah. Uh, mm. <laughs> doing that thing again. Uh, yeah, that was absolutely deplorable on your part. But yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see how it translates. Hey, if he turns out to be some super stud outfielder, Heck, why the heck not? Let's put him there. You know what I mean? But I guess it's one of those wait and see things. Yeah, I'm curious to see how the MVP is going to, the MVP vote is mm. going to play out. Because I would say Tatis is like the best player in the National League, but he's missed like 30 to 40 games already. Like he's going to end up playing around 100 games at the end of the year. And like that's just a lot of games to miss. So even though he might have the best statistical numbers, like he could end the season 50 less games played than everyone else and still lead the NL in home runs, stolen bases, OPS, OPS plus, like in all these major categories. But I'm curious to see how games played is going to factor into the MVP voting. But Javi, I want to get one one more question out of you before we wrap up. Just one more, right. I promise. And I have a question done. for you too. So let's oh, do it. so we got extra you <laughs> all right i want to know what do you think was the most important or impactful move by just the nl west teams at the deadline you had that chris bryan move you had scherzer and turner of course and then you had whatever you know the padres did with frazier or or daniel hudson so what do you think was the most important or impactful move by the nl west teams i mean it again it's I mean, I hate to be the, the bore one. At least make it a challenge for me, Miller. It's the Dodgers getting Max Scherzer and Trey Turner because they lose Trevor Bauer. They lose Dustin May. They have questions about Kershaw's health, not to mention he's not as invincible as he was at one point. You got Walker Buehler, which is great, and still you have a lot of depth, but who do you want if you are playing in that wildcard game? You want to have Max Scherzer. Unlike the rest of this Dodgers team, he has at least a little bit more of a checkered history of not completely folding in the postseason as we saw last time. You know what I mean? So you're a lot more afraid of that than I think you are with maybe Bueller or Kershaw on the mound. And then on top of that, you get um, what's his face? Trey Turner, who's an all-star, kind of a underrated superstar. And then you're going to be able to team him with Corey Seager. So it's him. The most fun one 
was Chris Bryant, just because of what I said earlier, which is like the fact that they basically were dead silent for the whole deadline. And then at the last second swooped in, they didn't have to give up barely anything either, which was really good. They didn't have to give up Joey Bart. They didn't have to give up Lamonte Wade Jr. And maybe it is a sign of him being uh, a guy that they want to sign long-term. You know, they might extend him uh, in the offseason. So that's going to be really interesting. Uh, but I definitely think that between all the moves in the NL West, that those unfortunately uh, be, I think, what the Padres were able to do from excitement to the overall value of the players. Yeah, we do a lot of anime references when Javi's on, and he just walked into <laughs> my Yu-Gi-Oh trap card because it is oh, not no. Scherzer and Turner. It is actually oh, just no. mentioned. It's Chris Bryant. I thought that okay. was the most because. Did the Dodgers move in terms of World Series favorites? Did they move any you know higher in the World Series favorites mm. rankings post the deadline? No, we already thought they were the best team in baseball on paper. But the Giants, what were they missing? A superstar in that middle of their lineup. They had all these complementary pieces. They were a team like, you know, the Brooklyn Nets pre-KD, where you just had a nice team of role players. But they still needed that one superstar that all those complementary pieces could rally around. And that's what they got with Chris Bryant. So, to me, I think that move moved the needle the most for any team in the NLS. The Dodgers, they were... Even if they didn't get Scherzer and Turner, I would have said they still have the best team, you know, on paper in baseball. And now it's just what even more solidified. Like they're even better than better. They're super superstars. Like it doesn't move the needle for me that much Mm -hmm. just because I already had such high respect for them. I already consider them the favorites in baseball. I mean, getting those two guys, getting two superstar players uh, definitely helps. But I think getting Chris Bryant to a team of misfits that kind of needed that one, you know, that one piece that could put them over the top. I think that Chris Bryant move was the most impactful in my eyes, but I, you know, I can't disagree with the Turner or Scherzer either, even though you walked into the trap card, Javi the magic Reyes. cylinder trap card. What can I say? <laughs> That's right. Javi, do you want to get any last uh, ratchet and yeah. references out? Javi and I will talk about our favorite TV shows in just a second, but It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Y'all, the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Let's wrap up the pod. Definitely recommend HBO Max if you have that. Yeah, I like that. I, I did not expect you to say The Wire. I don't know why. I just, I expected like, a, oh yeah, I've been watching like, 
you know, just just your regular shows. Some yeah, the Bachelor, not even the Bachelor, <laughs> but just like those random shows that pop up for one season. You were gonna be like this. Maybe you're on the Ted Lasso bandwagon. I know that. Uh, but it's on like what, Apple on. TV, right? It is on Apple TV. If yeah. you've gotten like a a new iPhone or anything like that, if you've gotten hey your PS5. Boom, 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 boom. TV? I believe they give you six months. I could be wrong because that, that came up for me recently. Ooh. That they'll give you a six, six months if you buy the PS5. So I think look into that when you fire right. that bad boy up, man. So I want to watch a one year thing time. already. Yeah, I got I'm a trying. one year thing because I bought a phone not too long ago, which gave me a year. And then I have the six months to look forward to. It's it's great. Ted Lasso is a banger, man. Yeah, that's definitely on my list of shows that I want to watch. I just like it's on the it's the only TV show that I don't have like a, a subscription for. Like I have HBO, Netflix, Hulu. I got it all. But Apple TV, that's like the one thing I don't have. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see. How about you, though? What, what you watching? I, I usually don't watch a lot. Just my one TV show and then sports. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, look, I, I just mentioned One Piece. I'm still there. I'm on episode <laughs> 824, which is it's going great. The Whole Cake Island. Wait, have uh, you not really... like caught up live yet? Or you... No, I haven't caught up live. I started this last year, man. Uh, oh, I started this how last many, year. How many episodes I, are there? There's 985, I think, oh, at this point. Yeah, almost um, there. Yeah, yeah, I'm almost there. It's a grind, but I love it. It is a wonderfully goofy and creative but also very smart show in ways that you really don't expect and as a consumer pop culture one of my favorite things is things that have the happy sparkly vibe to it that are incredibly deep and complex in their own ways and i promise you one piece is one of those it is not just yeah dbc is one of those a little bit but at the same time it's not deep guys maybe not as deep yeah (laughs) it's got a little bit of like it's fun i I love it's fun i I love this of goku who doesn't want to see people just just fight it's simple we're just gonna throw hands punch each other through buildings and call it a day like it's it's all about baby um and and it's it's got i got some luck for dbz but you know with with one piece it's definitely let's just say it's very uh, appropriate, I think, for the climate we're in, in its own way. Mm. I actually wrote about okay. this on a website, Film Inquiry. Uh, but also, my other recommendation for people: I am a lunatic. If you want, I recommend that everyone just read the story. You know what I mean? Just read the story, watch some YouTube stuff. That way, you can see. You'll get what I'm saying when it comes to government stuff and and the powers and all that. And also, at the same time, it's goofy. But it's not just like the character I just showed you, some stretchy rubber boy. And it's like a Saturday morning cartoon. It's that too, but there's a point when it just, it snaps and it tells you, here's what's really going on. So it's, that's really good. And I've also been watching Freaks and Geeks, uh, trying to finish that before my seven day free trial runs up. Uh, So definitely going to try and do that. It's only one season uh, doing that Ted Lasso. And then, I think after this, I'm going to try and watch Fleabag, I think, because that's only mm. two seasons. I like keeping track of all the shows, books, movies and video games I've played every year. And I like I'm more attracted to watching shows that I know I can like finish pretty like quickly and just add it to the list, add it to my kill list, I guess you could say. And I think uh, Fleabag, only like 25 minute long episodes is only like mm. two seasons. Really excited for it. And it's been critically acclaimed. So I might do that one. And who else? Who knows what else uh, comes up now and then? And, you know. I'm, I'm really excited, man. I got to catch up on My Hero Academia, too. That's another one. Jeez, Never. Please. Is Fleabag an anime? No, is Fleabag is with uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I think is her name. It's like this Emmy-nominated show. I don't even know what it's about. And it's just, I'm only, it's purely based off of recommendations. It won all the Emmys in the world. Okay. Uh, it was the first thing that unseated Julia Louis-Dreyfus from Veep from winning like every single year. I think that it was Phoebe Waller-Bridge for Fleabag was the first thing that did that. So I'm curious to watch it. And what the heck? I love watching TV. TV's rad. 
Yeah, I've never I've never heard of Fleetback, but I'll definitely check it out. I've seen Freaks and Geeks. I am a big fan of that. I wish it was more than one, just one season. Uh, but it's, it's cool seeing like all the, the big actors of today. Like they, yeah. they were also young back then, like Jason Siegel, James Franco. Uh, the D-backs right now, game just started. They're already down 4 nothing. Zach Gallon on the mound. So not going too well for them. Uh, bottom of the first. Uh, I guess we'll get to that game. But by the time the D- listeners hear this, it might be like next Friday. So they'll forget all about this game because Javi <laughs> Reyes, so we just did an hour this might be three or four episodes we'll see it's definitely gonna be stretched out javi do you have any last minute things to say to the lockdown listeners not bad all i gotta say is 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 follow the homie miller to follow me where listen to uh, on twitter on twitter of course you gotta follow what is it at creator thomas 24 man you gotta you gotta check him out on there that's me (laughs) Yeah, that's me. What's you? What's, What's you, me though? is at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and at L-O underscore Padres for the Twitter account, which I've been using more and more and live tuning along games and creating memes and stuff like that. And yeah, um, just remember, uh, Bucky D. Luffy, future king of the pirates, and uh, Ted Lasso rules, and Ratchet Clank. We didn't even mention it. Nope. Love the new game. It is much better than the 2016 remake. That much I will tell you. Yeah, I'm loving the new game. It's a lot of fun. The graphics, are, of course, insane on the PS5. I'm liking the new guns. Some of the guns are, you know, I'm not too too big fan of mm-hmm. the, the grass gun just turning my, my enemies into lawnmowers. I love the sheepinator <laughs> a few years ago. That thing was yeah. OP, turning people into sheep. But yeah, the yeah, lawn yeah. thing, I don't know if I'm a big fan. I like it personally. I think it's fun. I think uh, it's fun. Okay. Uh, but Javi, thanks for hopping on. And you know it's Javi's Twitter account when you see that blue check. My man is verified now. That is boy. true. That That's is true. right. We're all getting verified over here at the Lockdown Network, unless your name is what? Jason Eric? I don't think he's verified yet. So, <laughs> sorry, Jason. Snip it, snip it, and send it. Snip it. All right. Thank you, Javi Reyes of Lockdown Padres. Crossover time, and we'll catch you next time, buddy. Maybe next week after. Maybe, maybe. Series. We'll have to see if something got, cool happens. We'll see. Hey, I didn't even ask We didn't get to talk questions. enough about Ratchet and Click, so I think, yeah. you know, we might have to. Yeah. I didn't even ask all my questions, so we could have done another hour, but I don't want to take... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys couldn't <laughs> see, but Javi just gave me a look like, God damn, another hour. But Javi, thanks for hopping on today, and I'll catch you next time, sir. Awesome. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. And remember, betting on the D-backs doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or look up Lockdown Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Gonna want to come back tomorrow for the best Dimebacks news coverage and insight. We'll see what I want to talk about tomorrow. I got another pod with Javi to drop, so we might play that. We'll see unless there's any big developments in the D-backs baseball world. But for now, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!